we have some superheroes and some just regular heroes to talk about. And, of course, dogs and kitties. Aw. I'm Lynn Venhouse. I'm Carl, the intern middleman. And I'm Jim Batts. Hi, Jim. Welcome back. Returning Hi. champion, Jim Batts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure. We're going to talk about Dark Phoenix, the new X-Men movie, coming up next. Around 30 minutes, we're going to talk about The Secret Life of Pets 2. Around 39 minutes, we're going to talk about Tomorrow Man. Around 45 minutes, we'll talk about the St. Louis Blues and their Stanley Cup quest. Around 53 minutes, we'll talk about the Tonys and the Muni. Around 1 hour and 15 minutes, we'll talk about DVDs out this week. And 118, we'll talk about the movies coming out next week. We only have three new releases. So Mm -hmm. we have the X-Men one, which doesn't even have the title X-Men. It's just Dark Phoenix. The biggest movie of the weekend. Yes. And that it would be the one that doesn't have X-Men in the title. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I went to IMDb today thinking that it was X-Men colon Dark Phoenix. So this is a change not to have the uh, the X-Men in the title. Well, they, still, X. they still have the... X the, at the end of Phoenix. Well, they, and then they have the, uh, when the, they, the same thing that they've been doing for the last 10 or 12, depending on who you're counting on. The When they do the 20th Century Fox, yes. they have the X highlighted in highlit. the logo. And this may be the last time we'll see that. So, well, if you want, or we're at least, get or at least under the 20th Century Fox logo, yes. right? Because yeah. Disney uh, took them on when they merged, uh, when they uh, bought 20th Century Fox, but now it's uh, X Men is back in the Marvel universe. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Yes, yes, I, I've heard rumors about uh, they wanting to put an X Men type character in one of the up- upcoming MCU films that. Uh, uh, that, that he would be added on to Black Panther 2 or Doc Strange 2 or he or she or whatever. So it's, uh, it's fine by me. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's been uh, almost 20 years at Fox right. under uh, what uh, Richard Donner and his wife have uh, been the producers of this uh, the series and its spinoffs. And they were the re- uh, producers of uh, Superman, the, one, uh, the ones with Christopher Reeve. Well, and not all of them. I mean, all just well, he, Richard he Donner directed, di- directed the first, first one, one and part of the second one. Right. Yes, yes. That's, that's right. At the same time. Yes, which he didn't know. Well, there, <laughs> it was the second one. There is going to be the New Mutants or something in 2020, yeah. but I think this pretty much seals the deal on this franchise. Don't you guys think? Well, no, I, I think with, uh, with Marvel Studios, if they do hand over the full reins of the X-Men to Kevin Feige, I think uh, they might find a way to uh, integrate it uh, into, or at least some of the characters into the universe, or do a reboot, maybe. But this is uh, Dark Phoenix is part of the first reboot of X-Men. Yes. This is uh, X- sort of X-Men a First Class. Yes. Uh, and it uh, ends like the first one in 2000 begins with Eric and Charles playing chess. Yes, and I uh, it's just a mere, uh, if you think about it, it takes place in 1992, a mere seven years before the first film, yes, which they, was... they age into uh, <laughs> Patrick, oh, Patrick yeah. Stewart and Ian McKellen in seven years. Yeah, yeah. from yeah. Fassbender and McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a or tad taking care weird. of themselves. Well, I think... <laughs> or they just let themselves go yeah, in those seven yes, years. I think this film is noticeable for its absences and also for its latecomers. Well... And, okay. Well, yeah, let's, let's and, start with the absences. No, there is no Wolverine's finished. This He's is not, the first X Men film with no Wolverine. It, it, you know, with First Class, he just had a, a brief, a, a, memorable, a two, wonderful cameo. A two-word cameo. A two-word cameo. And, and then the uh, second, and in well, 
Days of Future Past, he was a the, the, major catalyst. Yes, yes. And uh, Apocalypse? he had sort of a, comic, a cameo in, Apo- in Apocalypse, right? As, uh, As Weapon, Weapon X. X. Yes. Which made a lot of nerd, X-Men nerds, very happy because it, it goes back to the origins and the Wolverine and all the other times they tried to spin off Logan and I don't... <laughs> Do the how, what is the timeline of those? Do those Wolverines and the origins do they count? Well, they're two thousand nine to two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess they do kind of count there. They're they're they fit, contradict fit. each other. A I know, lot. I know. It's 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 really difficult. The Wolverine there. is the one you should see out of all of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were talking about oh, uh, how fanboys were so delighted with Weapon X. There mm-hmm. is a, a character in this film that the fanboys will be ecstatic to see. I don't know if you're uh, versed enough to know who I'm talking about, are you? Or Probably Can I not. go ahead and just go, go yeah, ahead? Yeah, just go ahead. Well, you remember the big outdoor party and that they were yeah. having, and there yeah. was a gal in a white jumpsuit singing and making? Yes. That is the Dazzler, or as she was first known as the Disco Dazzler. Really? Yeah, she was. Uh, this was Marvel's attempt to capitalize on the fading disco. On craze. disco, huh? Yeah, when in you know, back in the seventies, Marvel was kind of late to the game with a lot of fads: the horror fad, the kung fu fad, <laughs> the black exploitation fad. And this uh, Dazzler was a co-creation between Marvel Comics and Giorgio Moroder. Oh, and the plan was there would he be. He was Donna Summers' producer. That's right. And the plan was there would be record albums, and they would uh, hire a singer to go out as the character in costume with the makeup and all that basically like what the japanese do with vocaloids oh really well they they, those are computer generated Mm. but this would be comic book generated and they would just hire an actress that's funny i did not know that thank you for sharing that well george moroder also did call me the the song Uh, american gigolo Gigolo with uh, blondie Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah at, at the press screening, I turned to our buddy Max and I said, "As soon as the credits started, I said, we got Dazzler." <laughs> he he laughed. Yes, and he also said that uh, there is a kind of cameo that flashes back to the first two movies before they cast Ellen Page as Kitty Pride. They just have someone running through the halls, phasing through, and they're also phasing to that party because. Yes. In the early movies, they had young girls as Kitty Pride, and then they made Ellen Page Kitty Pride to be like a star, and a yeah. huge part of Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. But in the first two, and I, and now this one, she's just a background character. Girl, it's, girl in the yellow uh, trench coat, green coats, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, no, that would be Jubilee, which I didn't see. Oh, okay. I, I didn't see Jubilee in this. Okay. Okay. No, I must have missed that. Now, before we get into the weeds here. Let's just say that there have been 12 movies in 20 years, and it's all about Charles Xavier and his special children. Now, do you well. consider... Now, Charles Xavier is not in Deadpool. Yeah, he's right. mentioned in Deadpool, yes. and he's got the fleeting cameo in Deadpool 2. So do you count... I would count X-Men movies with... I would. I agree with Max. If Charles Xavier's not in it, it's not an X-Men movie. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. He, but he does appear in the, as I recall, the Wolverine in, in the uh, airport, doesn't he, at the very end of the film? Yes, film? I yeah, believe yeah. he does. So I guess that could be considered uh, an X-Men film. So it's just because he's in there for and he's And he's in Logan. 90 seconds. Oh, he's a major part of Logan. Yeah, so. Oh, that's a day. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. that's when Patrick Stewart probably could have been considered for a supporting actor award. For that now, uh, this place starts off in 1975, and yeah. then we cut to 1992. But the 1975 part is pivotal. 
Well, it's yeah. also it's also can it's consistent with the timeline that they've started in this first class version of yes. events because the first one took place in the '60s. The second one takes place mm. at right around the Nixon administration. Yeah. So '75 makes sense, and then Apocalypse. Well, it's '83. '83. And oh, so, so they this go is see Return place. of the Jedi. Yes, and yeah. they and they take a dig at Last Stand by saying the third one is always the worst movie, which is also true in this one too, right. because the third one is Apocalypse, and that is the worst movie. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Now, is. you know, with the with that seventy five prologue, were you thinking as I was thinking of Shazam? Just a few months right, ago. Right, yeah, because it's the same scene. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Mostly. well, that's, that's one of the problems with this film, which I guess we'll get into later, is it's, it, it's if it had come out maybe last November as it was supposed to, it wouldn't have these problems. But since then, other films have come out and been released that are better. Yeah, are better and use their themes better. Yeah, there's a lot of recycled things in this. And it even uh, harkens back to Captain Marvel, some of it. You know, yes, the because energy. she's a, she, well, she's an all she's unstoppable, right. which it, which is what people are concerned about. Captain Marvel too, is that how can she have a nemesis if she can just always win? Yeah, yes. So they got to create a kryptonite. For how have, her well, how have they done that in the comics, Jim? If she is that, I've, I have not really followed Captain Marvel in years, so I can't really say. Okay, well. yeah. Well, uh, also, this one has a new director, first-time director, Simon Kinberg, but he, he wrote has quite written a, few. a lot of yes. these. And produced a lot, too. Right, yes. yeah. and produced. But they did have to reshoot uh, based on what happened. That's what you were alluding to with the mm. earlier release. They had to go back and, and yeah. kind of cobble together some more stuff. Because they weren't going to ask Brian Singer back. No. Our Brett Ratner. <laughs> yeah, well, they, definitely Singer. He's he's. Certainly persona non grata, is that the, the term I That is correct. Right. In so, Hollywood now. So this concerns Gene Smart. No, uh, Gene, no, Gene Grey. Gene Smart is the actress from Designing I'm Women. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we saw her in A Simple this Favor is, last year. Wonderful. Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah, but Jean that's okay. Grey, Gene Grey. With an E. And, and her boyfriend, Scott Summers, who yes. is Cyclops. Yes. You see, yes. everybody else has a nickname, but Jean Grey doesn't have a nickname, but now she does. Well, when, she's, when, the, when the comic started out, she was originally Marvel Girl, uh-huh. which they thought was a little, you know. On the nose. Well, when they mm-hmm. brought well, back in the 70s. Right. So she was played Fomke Johnson Jansen. In the first one. In the first one. And the first three, yeah. First, and, and also in... Uh, uh, oh, the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. She's a ghost yeah, right. because they're following that timeline, even though timelines are all messed. There are two different timelines in the X-Men universe in these 10 to 12 films. But this timeline has Mystique as Jennifer Lawrence, even though she does change her appearance in the first movie to look first like class. Rebecca Romaine. That's one of the best. That's, it's really good. <laughs> That's a wonderful sequence. But what we're and, going, none, this is the now the third time that the Dark Phoenix theory has been, uh, this storyline has been filmed. The first one was, of course, The Last Stand. Yeah. Actually, no, that's not true. The first one was the cartoon series on well, sure. Fox. Sure, yeah. And they actually did a great job of that story. Uh, Last Stand, everybody hates Last Stand. If you don't hate it, good for you. But it's really not. Uh, James Manson didn't even come back. He was just floating glasses as she kills Cyclops right. because he followed Singer to Superman Returns. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why the Ratner did it because uh, it, you know Singer was doing an unsuccessful attempt at uh, rebooting the Superman franchise, and he played Lois Lane's husband. Yes, and they actually stay together. He say he saves Lois, not Clark. <laughs> 
<laughs> Clark doesn't save Lois. Her husband saves Lois because Lois moved on. That's right. But then, but that's the DC universe. Yeah. Let's go back to Marvel. So this is the third time, and this gets a lot of the stuff right because in in Last Stand they don't go to space. She just meets it. The best one is the comic adaptation. If you can see any of those early '90s comic book. Uh, cartoons, the Fox series, they yeah. were great. I watched them every week. Fox Kids, and I loved it. And I have nostalgia, and I so that's how I learned about the Dark Phoenix story. And I think they are the best ones. But this one, for the two that they have filmed, gets more right than the other one did. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Well, it, it's kind of comical when they do go to space. Like, oh, now we're going to space because they're in favor again. Charles has worked hard uh, cultivating a media image. And people are at odds with that. The PR yeah. works. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Raven uh, takes him to task about that. So, uh, yeah, we got the matching suits now, so we're supposed we're, to be all nice. Well, they're, yeah. So they're, they're heroes. super soldiers yeah, instead yeah. of feared a you know feared misfits. They're like the Thunderbirds rescue team. Yes. So <laughs> so they're all heroes, and they save the astronauts on uh, Endeavor, the spaceship Endeavor, and but. Jean is hit with this cosmic force that turns her evil. Mm. Well, I don't, the which evil. unleashes well, all her emotions, I think. Right. Yes, yeah, rage. It. And, and, but and, it's it's Charles' fault that she's but, like this. Yes, because he's suppressed all of these memories from her childhood. Well, also, and, Charles Xavier is not actually really a good guy. He, he has hmm. done all this stuff... The big thing about the X-Men for many years is who is right. It's either is Magneto right or is Professor X right. It's the because they were created around the same time as Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And so do you go with force or do you go with nonviolent protest? And so there's always been this dichotomy of who's right. And sometimes Charles Xavier does not make the right decisions on the altruistic uh, attitudes that he supposedly has and even though he has a fighting force he thinks he's doing stuff for good and not always is he on the right side of history true, right true. this uh, when she was a little girl she had these tremendous powers and she didn't know how to control them and then her parents were in a traumatic car accident which is very gruesome to start with it is. i might say but i i i saw the twist coming immediately because I saw some... I watched it. I didn't know it was... I did know some of the spoilers that were coming out, but I didn't know that one, and I could tell. I just... It's just the way that they shot it. They did... So if you go back and watch it, you'll see it immediately. Oh, yeah. And like I say, Shazam did it a couple months ago. (laughs) Right. And so, so this cosmic force hits her, and she becomes this power too much power in her little frame and she does have a problem with with rage and with emotions and she finds out that charles took her brain or messed with her memories yeah why is it that every time he reads people's minds he has to touch his fingers to his forehead you know can't you read no and well that's that's how you know it's comic books. <laughs> yes, yes, it's comic books. You have to know like that he's Superman doing that. Sync okay. up, up and away. You know? okay. Right. Okay, because you know it's like you're supposed to take three steps before you fly. That's All right. right. Okay. So so then uh, then some of the X Men start warring. You know they have difference of opinions. 
and she does something really awful. Well, she goes to meet Nick Magneto. I forgot. I even forgot that Michael Fassbender was going to be in this because he does not show up till he's in the third act. Yeah, third yeah, act. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it said Brotherhood of what is that called? Well, well in the comics, it was the Brotherhood Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but I don't think they would call themselves. No, that. it's like a utopia, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of a commune type of thing, yeah. an, an island. He's, they gave him an island. To, Isn't it like on. Genosha? Yes, the, it's something like Max. Our buddy Max on movies told me he's like, "Oh, I'm glad that they because that's a thing in the comics." And yeah, so because it's kind of like a uh, uh, Israel. Uh, yeah, it's it's a safe thing. space for yeah for yeah. for uh, people of differences. Uh, I guess. Different powers. <laughs> yes, different powers. So all sorts of stuff happens. There's twists we can't talk about because it's spoilers. And I just found out once once Michael Fassbender came in, he just grimaced the whole time. Well, and you could say that Jennifer Lawrence was looking at her watch the whole time. Yeah, I, I actually what am I don't out of think. This series? <laughs> I really don't think a lot of those people really wanted to be there. And they just took the picture. I thought, I thought Nicholas Holt did a good job yes, as yeah, Beast. He did. And, and, he then, did. and they say that the, from the only two X-Men that are left from first class, because everybody else has died or moved on, are Beast and Mystique, a.k.a. Raven. And it's really funny that it's a good testament to them as actors because Nicholas Holt and J-Law, they dated for a long time. Right. and Because they met on these yeah, movies. Yeah. And so... Them having these intimate moments uh, without any... You can't tell that they aren't a couple anymore. They still yeah. look... Yeah, they do look, look like, like that. They, they do actually act authentic and genuine in those scenes. The, the issue I had with this subplot with Jessica Chastain... Or AKA Robot Woman in this. I mean, <laughs> she, does, she, does she have a name? Vuk. 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 V U K. Okay. Is that is that re- is that read in the uh, in some of the subtitles? Uh, yeah, that's one of the subtitles when she meets the uh, the fellow that's working in, in DC, the uh, the African American gentleman with the, who has worked with the CIA, FBI, yeah, yeah, FBI, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is, Secret uh, Service, who's also FBI. been you know possessed. But yeah, I mean, I you know Jessica Chastain it's a few so years ago weird. was complaining about Marvel Studios not you know, having a, a female you know Villain? driven you mm-hmm. know headed film, and I thought, oh, she's she's campaigning to be the next Captain Marvel or something, and then she finally does get in a superhero film, and it's just like a, it's a nothing role really. Yeah, it's like Barbie in stilettos yeah, being with, trying to be evil with a weird white wig and all. Well, that. Yeah, like, what? another. It does give. The Phoenix Force, which is a thing, the Phoenix Force, a purpose for being there. Otherwise, then otherwise, this tells you the backstory of the Phoenix Force. But also, I was talking to a comic book friend of mine, and he said, well, wait a minute. Why would you need another villain besides the Dark Phoenix itself? Right. Mm-hmm. And she, so she's playing the big bad. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, sort of the... Uh... A th- third wheel villain in it because well, there's 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 forces fighting each other and then the then her forces come in so there's just like the you know like a triple team up sometimes and it's just uh, it gets very confusing often. The last battle on the military train. The train battle's all right. It doesn't look yeah. too CGI. No, but oh. then with the whole the 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 end was just a bunch of noise. I'm sorry, that went on forever. You know the blowing hair and the fire and everything and all the, it just it just went on forever and I was just like I was so glad to be done with these women <laughs> after that. You don't want women fighting each other. 
Um, it was like one big super cat fight. I thought it was. I thought, oh, we're just going to go down to a well, cat no, fight. Well, no, she yeah. does. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Raven has a great line. Uh, it seems that like the women are doing all the saving. You should probably name this the ex-women, which she does have a point. Yes, yes, they might uh, tackle that when the series is rebooted. Because, yeah. Of course, this is going to make a lot of money opening weekend. So, they'll, you know, Marvel will, you know, step in and probably, uh, you know, take over from Fox. But our, our, our friend Max, did he tell you about his observation about uh, the yes, patches? Yes, I saw that. The yeah. patches, you, they're going to the Marvel containment unit, or the mutant containment. mutant containment unit. And so everybody has MCU packages patches on their jackets so the mcu is coming to take the x-men away ah Mar- uh, marvel cinematic universe That's which funny. is very, and there's also a bishop uh there is a yeah. bishop truck just sitting in the background I'm like oh well, yeah that's too weird to be a coincidence it's it seems like they're just giving digs at disney which is fine and disney yeah. doesn't care they're yeah, making they, money they, off of it yeah they, they, they own everything they and they've care. already said that they're they do it they're open to another deadpool Certainly, certainly. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, and and the finale there is uh, is just too reminiscent of something we saw done much better about six weeks ago. You know, uh, without giving a whole lot away. Right. It does, you know, echo you a know, lot. A well, actually, lot. I would say a year and six weeks ago, because. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I can see what you're you're saying there, but. The very, you know, finally, the, the, the fate of Jean Grey is, is right. definitely, you know, keyed in and very similar to what we saw a few weeks ago in yes. another, another epic superhero th- film. I'm all for women superheroes, as you know, because I thought... Because uh, you're a woman? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that helps. There's that. There's that. And I'm then, for women superheroes because I don't care if they're men or women. I just would like a good film. Right. I want a good sure. story. I want a good story. But it's good because, you know, the backstory with those directors, the Me Too movement, Brett Retner and... Mm-hmm. Um, all of that. Uh, you know, Brian Singer. But in uh, the Avengers and Black Panther, they really treat the women... As equals. As or e- superiors. Well. Yes. And I think... This one was trying hard to get that buddy-buddy uh, aspect of the Avengers, you know, and then also they were trying to elevate the women like Marvel has done. Well, let's but, do let's do a quick list of what Avengers show up here. You, ha- oh, I'm sorry. Well, technically, the X Men. There was a movie. There was a comic book series, X Men versus Avengers, yeah, and yeah. Wolverine actually is both. He's, so he he is an Avenger and an X Men. Uh, so the X-Men that are showing up here, the major ones, because there are some that make a couple cameos as bad guys, and if you are nerdy, you will be happy. Whoever's the guy whipping his braid dread, hair. Dreadlocks, right? Is that his name? I don't know. I know he's uh, whipping the dreadlocks around like right. that, like whips and all that. Okay, so you have Charles Xavier, and you have Hank McCoy, who's Beast, and you have Storm, who has really done nothing in this entire... No, yeah, not that, since Halle Berry. Well, Halle Berry's uh, Storm really didn't get much to do in Right, and films. she complained about that. Yes, and yes. she had every right, because Storm really doesn't do anything. And this is Alexandra Ship. Yes, and she's going to be in uh, something that is coming up. Dan and I were talking about it last... I'm sorry, this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's coming... She's going to be in something big coming up. Alexandra Ship is... Uh, and she is Storm, and then you have Cyclops and Jean Grey, and you also have uh, Daredevil, Cody McPhee, or Cody... Oh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yes. Uh, Cody... Cody Smith McPhee. McPhee. Yes, yes. And he's, they're growing up. He, he and Ty Sheridan, child actors, and now they're all grown Ty up. Ty Sheridan plays Cyclops. Yes. 
And yeah. uh, well, here's 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 another one, and this is one of my complaints. You talk about additions and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis's own. <gasps> Evan Pierce? That's right. Yeah. What a nothing part. Yeah, yeah. The, the, oh. the, the most fun X-Men maybe of all of them, Quicksilver, mm-hmm. is pretty much sidelined. He's sidelined. Him. And because that even that was the best part of Apocalypse, even though it was just a repeat of, of Days of Future Past. Which is a fabulous scene. Yeah. I mean, That's Days my of Future, favorite yeah, the, of the, the Days of Future Past. Right? Talking about the rescue of... Yes, uh, Quicksilver. Quicksilver rescue. Yeah, at the it's press like, reading, that, that got a round of applause at the end of that scene. That's that's fabulous. He has, our best scene he has one he has one scene as Quicksilver and that's it. And even yeah. though and in the MCC it doesn't make sense because in the MCU he cannot travel over because in the MCU he's dead. Yeah. Because he's Scarlet Witch's brother. Right. And right. they don't call him Quicksilver, they just call him uh one of the twins. Yeah, one of the twins. The fast yeah. one. Yes. <laughs> and so Let's see who else is in there. Well, and coming late to the party is Magneto. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I, I mean, I really forgot he was going to be in this because I went, oh yeah, Magneto. Oh, was, and and he he was just an afterthought. And I thought Sophie Turner did a great job. She did. She did yeah. it as Jean Grey, which is a thankless part, and she's no Famke Jansen. But this is something good for her after Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after that series ends, this series is going to end. So, but she's she's not she's not going to be pigeonholed. That's true. That's true. It was a you know it was a nice uh, role. It had a real vulnerability. That, well, she she could be fearsome, and then you could kind of feel sorry for her at times during the film. You know, and and, and the Phoenix Force coming out of her, uh, that's reminiscent of like every other kind of uh, force trying to come out, and it actually looked a little like Voldemort <laughs> at the end of Deathly Hallows Part Two, the way her face started to. Uh, just get weird yeah and yeah. in a little bit of uh breaking dawn the the vampire stuff. i didn't see that okay well, I, just I gave up after in, uh i think new moon or eclipse moon? i don't think i saw um, eclipse two eclipses three yeah I, I stopped in the middle because i didn't care yeah. anymore <sighs> that's a good place to stop because breaking <laughs> dawn was the, the which part both, both of, of them, them because they shouldn't have been split I'm sorry, I'm a purist. Okay, so she is in Shaft. Oh, that's right. The... She's in Shaft next week. I was in Shaft. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And she Ship was Shaft. in Dog's Journey. Home. Oh, didn't see. And that. she also was in Love Simon earlier this oh, year. Oh, that's true. Or yeah, last she was year, part of his, his crew there. Yeah, 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 and straight out of Compton. Okay. Yeah. She's a talented actress, and you know, she'll have uh, more better things to do in <laughs> she, other films. Yeah, she's been in better films already. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> do you think because X-Men is so many people that they have a hard time giving well, um, You could say that for the first trilogy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was one of the things I was praising uh, Avengers for, is they have a, a lot of characters. Well, and... that's because they split them up. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that's how they were able to make it work. Or, and you know it seems like the X Men, even the Star Trek films, with their multiple characters, right. can't see. But to... they split them up too. Well, yeah, a lot. That's of how. That's again. how. You, and they. But see, that was a complaint about Guardians of the Galaxy, the second one, because what they did, they split them up because there were too many characters. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I do like the chemistry between McAvoy and Fassbender. And I They don't will, have that many scenes together. Yeah, no, not in this one. But I'm just saying in general, like well, Days first of Future class. First, first Class and Days, and Days of Future, future Pass. Pass. And were very good. And Apocalypse, I plucked that out of it. my mind because yeah. it was Oscar so Oscar Isaac horrible. wasted. Uh, no. Olivia Munn wasted. He kind of bad mouths that film, doesn't he? Oscar Isaac. He's, mm. he's not, not keen well, on it. Because he was in makeup the whole time. He yeah, didn't. Yeah. He said he didn't really have a chance to act. Yeah. It's and, hard to act behind uh, all oh, that makeup. Oh, unearthed that Egyptian whatever but even oh, though that does God. make sense for Apocalypse that makes know, sense but, but cinematically it just, <laughs> it it just was you just go what is going on so go see this film if you would like to say farewell to the X-Men yeah, if you yeah. don't want to say farewell to the X-Men wait till it comes out streaming or DVD or something like that because it'll be on Disney Plus by the end of the year yeah. I just find little to recommend about this really it's not as bad as Apocalypse not as bad as the Origins Wolverine and Last Stand is pretty awful um, I guess it would be middle, do you think, of the, or yeah, middling? Close, yeah, closer now to the, what, what's Max's theory about the second tier? It's He's got them, he does not include the Deadpools. So he says there's the top five, this is the best of the lower tier, the of the second five. Okay, mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I would agree with he that. He said six out of ten. Yeah, because yeah. I'm still still very fond of uh, you know, First Class and uh, and Days of Future Past yeah. and the first X Men film, and uh, definitely the maybe the uh, the second and third Wolverine films. So. Well, Logan, of course. Yeah, with, yeah, that, Logan. Being, that being the third one, right? That's the yeah. third one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Origins, the Wolverine, and then Logan. What but, do you guys think about it coming out the same year as the wrap up of the Avengers and Captain Marvel? But they didn't care. At the time all this was greenlit, this was still Fox and they didn't know that this was going yeah, down. Yeah, no, this was originally intended for last November also. Right. Right. So which would have, you know, bypassed those like I say. So yeah. But uh, but I will say something for 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 Mr. Singer and the X-Men if he hadn't have uh, helped make the first X-Men a hit film there might not there have, been have been a Marvel Universe. There wouldn't there have been Spider-Man. Wouldn't have been the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Would not have been Marvel deciding to produce their own films based on right. their characters. So Because they and, wanted to be in charge. And yes. didn't Josh Whedon uh, write some of that? They had like... Joss? Uh, Joss. I always... I'm yeah, sorry. Joss, Joss, I think, did some, some cleanup stuff, some uh, what they call script doctoring. I yeah, guess, they had about film. eight writers yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that uh, Brian Singer did bring out the... The aspect you were mentioning, Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm, Malcolm X. X, they did bring out that prejudice, that discrimination. Oh yeah, that that the X Men is nothing is nothing but about racism and prejudice. And well, when it you know disguised came back, with white people, <laughs> yeah, especially in the early '60s issues, and then the '70s, '70s and the '80s, it kind of took on uh, the homophobic, uh, right? You know, the, you know, whatever there. whatever is the current. Like, if they were doing it now, it would be about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, definitely. But honestly, it's always been um, driven by conflict and social norms and social justice. And so they are the original social justice warriors. There you go. All right. All right so let's I, move, on. I move on to Secret Life of Pets 2, which you gentlemen saw, uh, and yeah. I did not. I watched the first one the day of the same. Because I had forgotten, I couldn't tell you one thing about the movie. Have, it is have so forgettable. Of it, yeah. Well, well, they were it, they're both 
first of all, the major thing that you need to know about the Secret Life of Pets, if you were a fan of the first one, you will be a fan of the second one because it is also a forgettable movie. And the major difference between the first one and the second one is that Louis C.K. voiced Max. And he does not voice Max in the second one. It's Patton Oswalt. But honestly, the style and the pacing and the cadence and everything interchangeable but just well uh, having pat Oswald voicing max uh, i'm sitting there thinking ratatouille was so much better it is <laughs> it's vastly it is superior. because he could act in that yeah. and this is the first one you had three things going on one eric stone street playing duke coming into max's house at, uh, of their owner ellie kemper and so there's the dynamic of that right. and then the second part they get lost and the third part, the rest of the pets have to go find them. Mm-hmm. And that it all converges at the end. This time, it's also in a group of three, but it's three separate plots. In the first one, each section built upon the next. This one, Duke and Max go to a farm because Ellie Kemper has now got a boyfriend played by uh, Pete Holmes, who has yeah. probably two lines in the whole movie. Yeah. He does. He's the he's the husband, and then they have a baby. They Liam. have a baby Liam, and the whole first setup is the fact that uh, Max doesn't like kids, but now Max likes this kid. So whatever and then they go that's the first part and they go to the farm and then max has allergic reaction because now he's so he's a worry wart because he i don't know because well, he's protective because, because liam has started daycare and right. he can't be watching liam all the time you well know. and then the second part is before he leaves he tells his girlfriend gidget played by jenny slate yeah. well first he asks uh, he asks the cat chloe Yes. Played by Lake Bell to watch his favorite toy. Cats don't care. It's and so <laughs> and so Gidget Gidget says yes and then Gidget loses it immediately. Yeah. So that's plot number two. And then plot number three, Snowball, who at the first in the first Kevin Hart was this rebel who lived underground with all the forgotten pets. Yes. None of them appear, by the way. Oh. No, the pig doesn't appear, the alligator doesn't appear. We all know what happened to the snake in the first one. I, I'm reminding Jim of what happened in the yes, first one yes. right now. Yes. Um None of those others appear, but now Snowball is like a superhero because his owner, who he meets at the end of the first one, this little girl, takes him and plays dress-up with him, and so he thinks he's a superhero because he plays video games all day. And so he, uh, the new character, Daisy, played by Tiffany Haddish, comes in and... uh, Wants him to do actual superhero work. She said, I'm looking for Captain Snowball. Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> and so. I will say, say before you get to, too far along there, that uh, when you're talking about him playing video games, there's a wonderful, uh, almost hand drawn type of flash animated sequence yes. of uh, Captain, Captain Snowball, Snowball as a full fledged superhero with, you know, bulging biceps and, you know, rippling veins. How and he all sees that. himself. Yes, how he sees himself. Which is very different wonderful. from the first film. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a wonderful sequence. And uh, it was nice that they kind of put it into the film and didn't save it like for the end credits like a lot of the CGI films do. Well, and, the, and then the first film, uh, New York plays a major character in the film. In fact, it opens up, it, 
the first film opened up with Taylor Swift's new at the time, Welcome to New York. And this film opens up with Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, Empire State of Mind. So they're all about New York is still a major character in this, even though nothing they do makes sense. Like at the end of the first, the first one that I hated was the animals driving cars. That was just so dumb. This time they have a different riff on that, which is actually more believable, even though you don't really need to be believing anything in this film. But well, I was just kind of stunned that the Chuck character had a car, you know, in New York City there. <laughs> they all pile into the car and the, and the uh, you know, Duke and Max are like, we're going in a car. Uh-huh. Oh, which is so rare in New York. Well, they go up to upstate New York and that's where they meet Rooster, played by Harrison Ford. Ford. Oh, that's that's my favorite addition to the series, I think, is, is Harrison Ford's character. It looks like he's, he's, it sounds like he's having fun kind of, making fun of his curmudgeonly tough guy character right he is he's he's having a great time and he probably took uh two days to yeah, do yeah he probably loved it he didn't have to you know dress up or put on makeup he probably just he had know, his earring in it. left yeah, it yeah. in great. yeah he was in uh he was on jimmy fallon the other night so he's promoting it oh well, yeah, yeah he's he was when fx showed the first one they had everybody else do little sit-downs. Oh, yeah, Bobby Moynihan and Hannibal Burris are still in this, and so is Dana Carvey. They're in the subplot yeah. with the... Uh, Oh, I guess they're in they're in the plot for, for uh, to get the bumblebee Camps. back. Yeah, well, well, yeah, they're and also uh, Dana Carvey's character figures in with the another well the, the third subplot. Yeah, the subplot with Tiffany Haddish is Daisy, who hires you know it's like she, like she's hiring you know Snowball. a detective uh, you know Philip Marlowe or something or something. Right, Spade. and but, but like in the first one, all three of these plots verge together at the end yeah. very conveniently. <laughs> yes, yes. But it is it it's it's odd to me that some animals can talk and some can't. Like the wonder, bird, the bird well, couldn't talk in the first one either. Well, you know, there's there's a a character called uh, Hugh. You. You. Yeah. The tiger. The tiger can't. Well, the, talk. Uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish does have a line about that. I can't speak wild animal. Oh, okay. Because the rest are domestics. Yeah, and and uh, little Sergey, the the evil monkey, doesn't doesn't, uh, doesn't speak either. either. But he's. Uh, no, oh yeah, he would be wild. Nick Kroll is the big bad in. Subplot three. <laughs> Happy Sutter Jays, a part of his evil circus. Yeah. Well, and after Dumbo, I think we're done with evil circus yeah, we for are. a while, I think. Well, uh, this is part of the Despicable Me family. And it's it does illumination. Have, yes, yes, and it does have... Well, they do dress up as... There's a costume party, and one of the dogs is dressed up as Minion. Oh, clever. A Minion, sorry. Uh, we do have a local connection, Glenn McCoy. I love Swansea, Glenn. Illinois. He is a... He... he uh, does he's a cartoonist he does the du is it the duplex it's the duplex and with his brother and then he does one with his brother he used to be the editorial cartoonist at the at the Belleville News Democrat he is uh, right leaning and yes he is and and he is um he was (laughs) he was uh my a great uh, guy colleague he's a good guy good family guy he won't move he always he says, stays in Belleville. Yeah, he stays there. But they he fly has, him out to all yes. these things. He just got back from the the uh, premiere in L.A. He is a story artist on this film, and in the previous ones, he was a story or uh, storyboard. I, I talked artist. to him about he worked on Minions too, and he worked not Minions too, but he, the first oh, Minions, oh, yeah. and he he did some work with Despicable Me, but that was it was like the bonus features, right? On he, that, he he wrote more Minions. The short that was in front of the first Secret Life of Pets. Yes. Which was very clever. So about the, the lawnmower? Was that yeah. One? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. So he wrote that and one. And he's really good at it. He's very and I good. And interview, I interviewed him for that. 
and he was great. He's like, oh, man, I just want to get together with you. I'm like, anytime, Glenn. He's a nice guy. He is. He's very great. He's a good guy. He just has been drawn his whole life. Unfortunately, uh, this is not a good movie. Yeah, well, you know he. But it's a. You know, it's, he works hey, for Illumination. Work, he's he sta- he's staying with the company that is offering the, him work. The fellow that brought him to the dance. He's right, exactly. Him, right. In fact, they wanted him to move to France a couple of years. Yes, ago. you will notice that a lot of this is done uh, in France. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's really weird, and uh, and French Canada. So, I guess they're getting a lot of money from because you look at the credits. And it's mostly French names, like last night during uh, <laughs> dark. Uh, during the, the dark, they Phoenix. were all Indian things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a lot of it was done in Canada because it had Quebec. Well, yeah, because it's cheaper to film in Vancouver and Montreal oh, than it is to film here. Goodness, that yes. they can do upstate New York in uh, in Montreal just as well, a lot cheaper. Well, the the third movie we have this week opening uh, is called The Tomorrow Man, and it and deb- I didn't see it. It debuted at the Sundance mm-hmm. Film Festival, and this is the time of the year where the Sundance movies start trickling to the masses did because you, they get distributed. Yeah, did you watch it? No, I I didn't. I didn't. I'm well. Sorry to say. It's really not necessary to see. Okay. Oh, wow. So, okay. So Let's move on to something else. No, well, tell us a little bit well, about it. Wait a minute. Is That's the one that you were talking about yesterday in text. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So John Lithgow and uh, Blythe Danner, who are national treasures. Oh, Blythe's getting a lot of work these days. Yes. My goodness. But her movie, I'll See You in My Dreams, far superior. <laughs> and uh, John Lithgow is on Broadway playing Bill Clinton, of all things, and Hillary and Clinton right now. But, you know, he won an Emmy for playing Churchill in uh, The Crown. Mm-hmm. And so he plays a curmudgeonly doomsday prepper. And oh, okay. he's retired. He's the from, tomorrow man. He's he's he's, he's the, the titular yes. character. Yes. yes, he just worries about tomorrow, and he uh, it goes to the store and writes checks and has a conniption when they say we don't accept checks anymore. <laughs> and he sees Blythe Danner paying with cash, and Ooh. she's buying just a few things, and he's intrigued. So he thinks she's a kindred spirit in terms of. You know, being he thinks that she's a prepper because she's not using the government's cards. Yeah, yeah. And so he um, he devises this meet in the parking lot. He parks real super close to the car. Oh, so he stalks her. Yeah, yeah. So he can talk to her. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in his in his gruff way, he asks her to dinner. And the only thing is that you know they're two lonely hearts, and and she's a widow, and her daughter died. It's a very sad story. She's become a hoarder because she's filling up her losses with buying all sorts of crap, (laughs) and uh, she works at a kind of gift store in town. It's an unnamed Midwestern little bird with like you know flashing red stoplight and uh but it has a chinese restaurant so um you know so they anyway they're having dinner and and i don't know i don't know what she sees in him and they're opposite but eventually uh their personality quirks and ticks come out and they still um you know see each other and he has got a son 
and they go there for the traditional, very dysfunctional Thanksgiving dinner. And it's like, really? We got to sit through another one of these? <laughs> you know, it's It's not, very talky. Yeah. And it's yeah, we'll just, talk about another talky film next week when we talk about uh, nonfiction. Yeah. And so some of the writing is clever. Like the son, when, when he shows the son his little shelter with, with just... He's been hoarding tuna. So and he's battery. a hoarder and she's a hoarder? Um, well, he's got well, the he's, bomb shelter. He's prepping. Yeah, he's prepping. Yeah, yeah. She's he's, just yeah. sad. Yeah. Just yeah. 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 He's got tuna and boxes of condoms because, you know. Hey, they don't. <laughs> wouldn't you want to repopulate the population? Well, he's too old. So she, he shows her and he's she's like, well, they think of everything. Like he's thought of everything. Mm-hmm. But the son, you know, like. Is, the, is he played by anyone we would know? Or? No. 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 And the dad, uh, John well, Lithgow says right? to him. Uh, yeah. It's it's by. They spent oh. they spent all their money on Blythe and John. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the guy who directed it, Noble Jones, first time director. He wrote it too. He's got some clever lines. When the dad shows the kid the bombshell, he goes, you're going to think I'm crazy. And he goes, I don't think you're crazy. Crazy times call for crazy people. So basically, and then Blythe delivers the titular line like, you just think about tomorrow. You don't think about today, you know. So Mm -hmm. that's the whole theme. But it's just kind of there, stuck in the middle. It doesn't really go to many places. They're not interesting you want to, I mean, you know, you always want to see true love prevail, but he's unlikable and, and you don't She's see. sad. Yeah. And so it's just kind of stuck. But this guy who directed it, he is known for music videos. Okay. He's done music. They make music vi- videos still? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, where, where I going? know. I know. <laughs> On YouTube. So, yeah. yeah. So he's done work with Taylor Swift, One Republic, and Keith Urban. I know who all of those people are. Yeah. I don't know who he is. Yeah. So so that's his background, but you know, it made it to Sundance, obviously got distributed. Well, good for him. So is yeah. it Okay. Is it a good first feature? Yeah. I would say I gave it a C plus. So C- Could you see him going on to doing better things? Probably, and you and, hope you know. I mean, it did have some clever writing, but it just is kind of sit there. It's not like because we've seen a lot of these senior citizen romance movies, yeah. Or maybe I, because of my age, but you're you know, a woman of a certain age, <laughs> yeah. Right but there's a lot of these, and some work, like I'll see you in my dreams, and some don't. Wow. You know, like what's yeah, like uh, the Gloria Bell coming up? Yeah, yeah, mm. which we'll talk about in DVD. So it's already out on DVD. Uh, yeah, that's coming, coming up. This wow. Uh, yeah, it, it it came out Tuesday. Yeah, uh-huh. that is not good. I yeah, know. That one Captain Marvel comes out this following Tuesday, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's on. It's on. It's uh, on Directv s- currently. Directv. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be on Netflix. Yes. No. So this is not. a very light weekend for movies, but us St. Louisans are blues fans, so... We don't care. Uh, yeah, so that, that's the thing. Uh, Carl, uh, being the music coordinator for the blues for 23 years? 23, 1996. It's really remarkable. Wow. Uh, you were at the exciting uh, home game on Monday game night. Game four. And you... I played uh, Gloria. Yeah, you played. got to play Gloria, and you noticed some celebs in the crowd. Let's see, who was... Who wasn't there? Every every St. Louisan that has been a major player in Hollywood, except John Goodman, he is not. But then again, he doesn't really claim us anymore. He says, "I'm I live in New Orleans now." That's right, Louisiana yeah. boy. 
So, so was, we, was Miss Kemper there? No, she has announced... She's child. She announced that she's pregnant with her second child the next day. So I don't know if she was... I mean, you'd think she'd come home to tell her family here because I know that she still has family. I know her well, sister still lives here. Well, I could swear when she was uh, prom- when Ellie was her promoting book. that uh, that Norman Lear thing that oh, Jimmy yeah. Kimmel congratulated her on being with child. Oh, really? So I thought she had announced that like, maybe a, a week few ago, weeks ago, or two weeks well, ago. Well, I I only read it on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I thought he'd mentioned it on her there. fellow office castmate, Phyllis Smith. Phyllis Smith was not there. Oh. Jenna Fisher was there. Wow. Jenna Fisher That's went to both catch. games. John Hamm went to both games. Sat once with uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, mm. Let's see. Who else? Well, because Wayne's Scott wife. Bakula. Scott Bakula was there. Nellie was there. Um, Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen Madigan went to game four, and they did a video of her with Lewis Black that they did on the uh, on the stage of the Stiefel doing Let's Go Blues. And everyone's like, wow, we never thought we'd ever have an opportunity to play this. Here it is. And then they showed her in the crowd. Wow. Oh well, Jenna Fisher was in the regular type seats, and it mm-hmm. looked like she might have been with a. She nephew. was with family, yeah. yeah, yeah, and she had a jersey. And now John Hamm is always available. He's wearing the same clothes. <laughs> oh, is he, he's super t- superstitious about yes, that. Yes, he is. So he's, not he's wearing the him, scarf. Yeah. He looks silly. Yeah, and he's got the big beard too going mm-hmm. on. But he's in that Amazon series. But he's been really promoting St. Louis lately because he was on Kimmel. Right, to talk about the blues. And he had his blues outfit on, and then he made that uh, St. Louis slang Mm -hmm. video with Michael Sheen, and he talks about Toasted Rav. So he's on that show show with Sheen and David Tennant? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, cool. He's he's, uh, 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 Gabriel. Oh, Archangel. Nice. Yeah. So my, my buddy, uh, my, I transplanted to St. Louis and Doug, uh, Doug Hart, I'll, I'll mention his name there. He was making fun of that online. He says, who the hell says T-Ravs? What is he talking about? It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. And who says uh, Highway Farty? <laughs> um, oh, well, everybody. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, um, I, um, I... I worked on that in college because people used to make fun of me. I had a boyfriend who would well, always yeah. go, I've I'm never going said on it. Highway Far to Far. Party and, far. And so I worked really hard on changing I never my said A-R's that, but my, to O-R's. But family did. Yeah. And and also uh, our buddy Dan Buffa, who's not here again this week. He'll be back next week. He met John. He went to Obi Clark's after the game, and everybody, including John Hamm, showed up. Wow. Not all the celebs, but all the hockey celebs and John Hamm, because John Hamm has been meeting with the players. He goes down where they come out, and then the players invite him to go places, and he goes as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Where's that? Ob Clark's. It's on Brentwood, in Brentwood. Yeah, it's seems... south of Forty and Brentwood. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, it seems like it was only maybe about a year or so ago that uh, Hamm got in some hot water with some interview where he said, yeah. Yeah, because I'm you know from the middle of nowhere or something like that. You, you remember that or recall that, uh, that no, quote? No, I don't recall no, that. He oh, really, we're, we're forgiving. Oh, he he <laughs> yeah, really does promote St. Louis. Like when he was on a Kimmel, because Kimmel married a girl from St. Louis. So he Wait, was hit the head writers from St. Louis. Yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, Molly. So a couple years ago. So where did Molly go to high school? Ah, uh, you know I don't know. We'll have to look that up. He's going to go to uh, Italy with Howard Stern this year. Oh wow! During their break, they're going to like do two or three weeks. In Italy, and they're going to take Howard camping. Oh wow! Or, or uh, hiking or something, because Howard likes Howard's very into uh, TM, the Transcendental it's, Meditation, it's... and so he thinks Jimmy thinks that hiking would be good for Howard. 
Oh, okay, good. When I was in New York in 1998, he was uh, jogging with his trainer in Central Park. Just uh, FYI. Wow. Who, yeah. Who, Stern? Uh, Howard Stern. Well, well yeah, my, Howard my brother Stern. was on his show, so I got to hang out with the gang there. So it was nice. Did you? Was pre-serious? Pre-serious, or, yes, okay. yes. Terrestrial, as he likes to Terrestrial radio, yes, on the old talks. Oh. I'll have to show you the photos sometime. Maybe well, we'll... Jimmy Kimmel had, after he, I, I guess, married his, his second wife, he... Um, had John Hamm on because he wanted to mock Emo's Pizza because he was like because well, he came Louis. he must have come yes. here he came here and had Emo's and was disgusted uh, and so when he had John Hamm on he goes he started mocking Emo's, Emo's pizza? and so they brought out an Emo's Pizza for and John Hamm and he tasted a bite and he goes smells like eleven World Championships wow yeah <laughs> that's pretty good yeah so yeah uh, game six is Sunday game five is tonight. By the time you hear this, Game 5 will have been over. Yes, and I am going to be there tonight in the crowd because we got uh, we uh, persevered on the web to get the the tickets for tonight. The so, watch party. Yeah, the watch party. So I'm looking very forward to that. I'm looking very forward to Carl's game experience. Well, it's, yeah. it's a muted version of it because we still are contracted – to play the NBC feed, so that's yeah, oh. right. It's on uh, NBC. It's on channel. The rest of them are on NBC. The first th- of the first three, two oh. of them had to be on NBC Sports Network. Okay. But luckily, the NBA and the NHL are keeping away from each other, which is uh, gentlemanly. Yes, it is. And uh, I will say the Tivoli has got it on the main in the main theater mm-hmm. on the big screen, and then the outdoor party, uh, Grant's Farm. Yes, and yes. then ballpark. I went there Village. on Friday night. Missed. Jim, missed you, and they have an amazing thing. You can get food. It's buffet. It's four items. It was macaroni and cheese, uh, mashed potatoes, and pulled pork. A little runny, but it was still good because I mixed it with the mashed potatoes. That made it much better. And brisket for $9. Oh, wow. And if you upgrade, if you do the upsell to $12, you get a Budweiser 16-ounce. I did that. I'm going to be doing that before my wife and daughter get home from new york again and speaking of new york there is a blues bar a st louis blues bar in new york wood and ales it's in the west village my son that lives in brooklyn he goes there to to watch games we spoke last night about or last week about uh, my wife and daughter going to uh jack's bts or ny and whatever that that bar those guys were here on monday night my wife and daughter did not go to jack's in philadelphia but I don't want to say why. Well, it was just a problem with the food. Let's put it like that. Let's let's just say that uh, for game three, uh, a lot of people didn't leave very happy. So, but that was to, in Philadelphia. So yeah, they were is, poisoning but, us. But in St. Louis, <laughs> they're going to have the watch party outside Sunday night on right? Sunday night. Yes, okay. because the game is here, and there will be overflow. And then there's always Ballpark Village. The Tivoli showing it on the main screen. Um, I imagine the lobby at Ronnie's in the drive-through area. Yeah, screen will probably. Oh yeah, lobby, and yeah. then uh, when we were rained Every out because we bar. were outdoors, <laughs> we were outdoors at the watch party at Pulker Park Saturday, and they told everybody to leave, seek shelter. So we went to the Hilton instead of going to Ballpark Village, and because Ballpark were, Village was insane because there was a Cards Cub game. Yes, and there was a lot of Cubs fans in there, and there were some Bruins fans. That's the only thing about watching it in one of those. Because well, they came down and couldn't get tickets. 
Right. And and then the and then and then, and the then and they're the ones who thanks to MSD didn't get to have hot showers the next day. <laughs> Poor oh, yeah, St. Louis just put on a Happy face because 12 downtown businesses, including Bush Stadium, had no hot water. Oh, yeah, so oh. that happened Sunday. But um, Sunday night, the blues are on, and it's also the Tony Awards. So I'm going to have to be doing that back and forth. And St. Louis has uh, the prom. Right. Prom. Mm-hmm. Jack Lane of Stages is the lead producer on it. And then we have some local producers. Uh, the Kents. The Kents, Judy and... Jerry. Jerry Kent and Andrew Kuhlman, who also works at Stages. There are people from the Metro East involved, Patty Gregory, uh, Carol Bartle, and Bob Gregory. Patty runs the Art on the Square Mm -hmm. for the last 18 years. They are in the program as three Bells and a Bob because they wanted to get Belleville in there. Ah. And Joe Grandy from Fairview Heights is one of the producers of it, too. So if they win Best Music, they are nominated for seven Tony Awards on Sunday night. But they're not the leading one. The leading one is is Hadestown. Hadestown. Okay. And but the prom did win the Drama Desk Award for Best Musical. Last I don't know year. if that's a good harbinger for the yeah. Tonys, though. It did come out. Oh, and the lyricist and the book writer are is from Centralia, Illinois. Chad Bagelin, he wrote the book and the lyrics to the stage adaptations of The Wedding Singer, which is a highly underrated uh, play. I might add, and, and Elf. <laughs> Oh, the elf the musical. The elf musical. Yes, they wrote the, that. It was here at Stiefel last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So he he uh, they and wrote the that. He and his writing partner Matthew Sklar. And uh, are they? Is he related to the Sklar brothers? I don't know, but because oh. they met at NYU, so I don't know. Yeah. So, but anyway, Chad also wrote the lyrics to the stage adaptation of Aladdin and Alan Menken invited him up to his upstate New York home Ooh. to see if they were going to write together. So Chad said he walked in the the study or the library, all whatever, the and there's there. all these Oscars and all, you know, Awards. Grammys. And it was, you know, a little intimidating. But so Chad's been nominated for three Tonys. And so if he wins anything, if they win book or they win music, uh, this is going to be a look. But he's not a producer, though. So if they win, so book or music, but not play. Right. Mm. And so the local people, the whole local people be up there. Fox Theatricals is also one of the producers. So is Mike Isaacson still a part of that? Yes, he is. Okay. When they won uh, the best musical for Fun Home, Mike was up there on the stage. Because you can only now, bring like five people. To right. Home. Well, uh, uh, Jack Lane of Stages, the the executive he artistic director, he cracked me up because a couple years ago I asked him because they've won two Tonys for the Humans mm-hmm. and for that Fun was Home. Play. And right. that was musical. And he wait, had... He wait, had, Fun Home's a play. No, it's musical. It's a musical. musical yeah. wait, I never got upon, to see it. Based on a graphic novel. Yes. Well, yes. It's, uh, it's the, uh, Betchel. Bechtel. Yeah. Betchel. The Betchel test. Yeah. And so Mike was up there getting the award, but Jack had to buy his own Tony, and he did. You only get so many. Because you only get so many Tonys, so he was like, I want a Tony, I'm going to get it. And how much is it? $3,500. Jack can afford that. (laughs) But uh, last night was the opening of The Boy From Oz for the... uh, For stages. For the stages. And this was the first time in stages history that Jack was not there on opening night. <gasps> Why? Because oh, he's, he's in, in New, New York. York. Well, for he could have gone. Tony's. Well, when I saw the prom in New York, 
I he walked out of the lobby and I go, Jack Lane, what are you doing here? Yeah, and he gave me a kiss on the cheek. So it was really fun. But it's a good show. It's original. It's very rare that they have an original music because they have Tootsie, Beetlejuice, Pretty Women, Pretty Woman, running on Broadway now. All of them are based on movies, right? So the fact that the prom is an original story. Yeah, but Hades Town is an original story too. You can say the same right. thing, right? But the prom came out in November. And it was the best reviewed musical of the year. And one of the one of the like New York Times or Variety called it makes you believe in musical theater, a musical comedy again. And it's musical comedy heaven. It's very funny. But then again, the two the two plays that are facing off. Well, actually, only one of them is nominated for best play. You have To Kill a Mockingbird and Network. It didn't get nominated. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, neither of them got nominated for best Best play. play. But uh, To Kill a Mockingbird uh, got uh, the most nominations of any play, and I did see it, and it's tremendous. But odds-on favorite is for Cranston to win for Network because he's been winning all the pre-awards. Drama League. So uh, he will have an Emmy and a Tony then. Well, he's got a Tony for playing LBJ in All the Way. Okay. Which was on HBO. I am hoping that Network will be uh, seen in another format because it does have Tony Goldwyn and Tatiana Maslany. Okay, so Tony Goldwyn from Scandal and Tatiana from... uh, the Black. Orphan Black, yeah. where yeah. she played a thousand characters, yeah. right? And so I would love to see that that uh, you know that version. So the Tonys are going to have some local people, and there's a actor from St. Louis named Sean Bowers, and he is in the cast of the Temptations musical "Ain't Too Proud to Beg," he, a jukebox musical. Yes, but it's nominated. So Sean will be up on stage. He he's a Webster graduate, and he was in shows at at. Uh, the Muni at Opera Theater at uh, Opera Theater St. Louis. At, was he a Muni uh, kid? Stages. No, I don't think he was a Muni kid. But he, he came was, into it later in life. Yeah, yeah. he was. At, but I've seen him in shows. Very good. And so he understudies the main temptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Eddie and and oh God. Eddie Kendricks and yeah. David Ruffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he plays a guy named Lamar, and he's in the ensemble. But so our area is going to be well represented you at know, the Tonys on. Uh, Sunday night. Yeah. Speaking yes. of musicals and such, I finally saw Rocket Man. You did. I did. I saw. I saw it after Pets because it was starting like right after. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, my wife and daughter are out of town. I'm just yeah. gonna stay here until midnight. Actually, I got home at eleven fifteen. It wasn't that bad. Um, they went about it the wrong way. Oh. Uh, Rocket Man. It should have been a musical first, and then a motion picture. I think it would have been better received. That yeah, way. yeah. Well, those those opening numbers they, they seem like they're right made for the Broadway stage. You know, the uh, what, they're doing uh, the it the other way. Back and right. uh, Saturday nights well, all right, right for, for fighting. fighting. Yes, yeah. very literal. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But and I enjoyed Bryce Dallas Howard very much in the movie. She surprised me because she's uh, she's not one of my favorites. And how did you feel about uh, Jamie Bell as Bernie Taupin? I didn't think he was in it enough. But the I scenes thought, he was in, he was great in. He was great. And uh, was it uh, Richard Madden as uh, John Reed? Yes. Yeah. Which I did not realize until 
Valley did my research that John Reed is a character in Bohemian Rhapsody. I know. Yes. I know. Same guy. Did we talk about that last week? No, uh, no I didn't see it. I only saw it on Tuesday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Tom know. Stockman and I talked about it. But that was, to me, when I found that out too, I was like, oh my God. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. And he's played but, by the same guy. Well, because you know why? Well, not, 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 no, 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 no. Oh, you're right. Guy, I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Yeah. Uh, Richard it, Madden played him more sinister. Yes. Well, yeah, more, because more. he was more sinister Silky towards Elton handsome. John than he yeah. was to Freddie uh, Mercury. Also, you saw that uh, Vulture quiz that I sent you where they did guess whether this is from Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man. <laughs> and there were 15 questions. 14 of the answers were both are correct. <laughs> it's very parallel. It's very frightening. Well, the uh, the the director's previous credit is Eddie the Eagle, and that had some issues yeah, with... Yeah, but he the... directed Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, right. Well, the last two or three weeks of it, right? Right. Yeah. Not the... not the Live Aid stuff? Allegedly not the Live Aid yeah, stuff. Yes. Because uh, they won't admit to what they did. Yes. Well, what did you think about uh, the finale of the, of the film? They seemed to cut it off about 83 or so. 83, like I'm still standing. Yeah. Which they recreated the video almost... Per- basically, yes. they took the video and they just put uh, Taryn into it. Right. And you, there's only a couple scenes where it's blatantly obvious but i thought it was really well done it was and then i it'll look better on television yeah when i did my research though elton didn't go into rehab till 91 or 92 well, according to the story is that he met duran 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 was filming something on the thing and then they all got drunk together but the story says that he's clean and sober by then even though it says elton's been clean and sober for 28 years so if you do the math that's 1992 <laughs> Two or three. Yeah. 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 So that's But this why, is 1983. Yeah. And so Duran Duran meets them up and they have a, I, th- I think you need a martini. And Simon Lebon tells a story in his, or uh, one of the guys from, uh, it might have been uh, Rhodes, but they tell the story, you need a martini. And then they wound up having six. And so he wasn't clean and sober back in 83. Mm. No. Well, Indeed. Indeed. It's, it's a it's a fantasy. It should have been a play first. They are actually doing the. It will be a play. Oh it yeah, will be a play. No they just did be. it. They just did it bass backwards. Yeah. And, and Dexter Fletcher, I mean, it's the same movie. It's oh. it's not. I say it's not the same movie as Bohemian Rhapsody. I say it's closer to Mamma Mia mm, than yeah. it is because it's a jukebox musical. Yeah, yeah. Where where they're using the songs as explanations for things that are happening in his life. I'm not saying that Elton John had a whore for a mother who didn't know who his daddy was. That's Mamma Mia. So this is just like, okay, my mom's a bitch. We're going to do the bitches back, but I'm also a bitch. So I will have a small child, me, saying that the bitch is back. And I will watch it. Ugh. But how did you think uh, Taryn did? That? It, it's jarring to hear him sing the songs. Hey, but And you can kind of understand all the lyrics when he's singing, can't you? <laughs> yeah, but I already knew all those lyrics. Yeah, well, I was still confused by some of them there. I thought somebody, what was it at the screening mention says, so I miss, I thought I was thought, I always thought I was, I miss the earth, I miss the earth, I miss my wife, but it's, I, I miss, miss the, the earth, earth I, I miss, miss my, my life. life. <laughs> I always thought it was, I miss my wife. Uh, I think it might be. I think they might have changed it. Changed it because the, because yeah, yeah, okay. he's gay then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, he wasn't gay then because he because they talk about Regina and they yeah. do that, but they never say. But they, they were married a lot longer than the movie lets on, right? Yes. No, three years. Well, yes, three years. but the movie makes it seem like, like it, yeah. the next scene. 
Yeah, yeah, and they they don't really that poor woman. They don't really give her, but they were good friends apparently. Right, and I think it was amicable. Renata, and they don't talk about how he was engaged. Renata, that's right. Way before that, right? The woman that ends up morph they morph their her into the 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 landlady, right? Yeah, that he has a romance with. Well, I said uh, Regina. It's when when the characters are singing lyrics, those are Bernie Taupin's words. So it's weird because they're trying to make it like Elton. These are Elton. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. Did you put that in your review originally? I I think I did. I'm not sure. But I said, but I said that like these words are Bernie's words, not Elton's. Oh, that's a very good point. And then they're acting like it's his life. And that is a oh my gosh. Because Diney Dancer is about Bernie's girlfriend. Right. And then the was best she the girl still... that was at the uh, party? No, no, no. Or was that just a no, one night? No, because it's over him. <laughs> that was so yeah, great. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's not. Well, he's the tiny dancer in that yeah, relationship. Yeah, well, um, uh, he, he wrote that because his girlfriend at the time was a ballerina. Mm-hmm tiny dancer and she must have been tiny because why would he say tiny dancer but uh but they hold totally take that and turn it into something else mm-hmm. it's still not as good as the almost famous bus sing-along which of tiny dancer yeah well but, uh, i just i we were thinking of musicals and i just said you know what i'm gonna throw that in that i have now seen it right well you know the it's mu- not as i didn't hate it as much as i hated bohemian rhapsody because I understood what they were doing. And if Dexter Fletcher came and did the exact same movie, we would be going, Ugh. and it wouldn't have mattered which one was released first. I was, still would have hated Bohemian Rhapsody. And I'm since I like musicals, I'm okay with it, the way they did it. And you thought I was going to be angry at the movie. I was yeah. not angry with the movie. It's just... It's, well, it's not a to- cohesive timeline. No, it's not at all, and it's not necessarily truthful. But... It still tell it's a jukebox musical. It's like Moving Out or Motown the Musical or Mamma Mia. Right, and that is very prevalent nowadays. The jukebox musical. That's, or We Will Rock You, which was the Queen jukebox musical. Which I missed at the box. Uh, the Meatloaf uh, Bad Out of Hell's coming out next year. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So so it's a, it's a okay. they're going to that well, you know they're going to that. Uh, as long as musicals keep getting made, it's fine. Yeah, well, the Donna Summer musical is going to be at the Fox in January. And Guys and Dolls is next week at the I Muni. The Muni. I'm so excited because we get to see Thursday. the new stage. On Monday. Is it Monday? Wait, no. The- June, uh, J- June 10th, Monday night. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I already RSVP'd, so I guess I'm going. <laughs> um, so we get to see the new stage. It's going to be Ken Page's 41st. Production. Production. Is he playing nicely, nicely Johnson in it? No, he is playing. I bet he's playing. I bet he's playing the leader of the Christian. The the Salvation Army band. Right. Yeah. Sister Sarah's father. Yes. I think he is. Um, That would make much more sense. I think he is. He's too old for nicely, nicely. That's true. Right. Ben Davis is playing Sky. You're rocking the boat. Sit down, you're rocking the boat. Would be a good song for him, but I don't. I think the dad has one song singing to More the girl. More I can wish you. Yeah, to wish you find your love. Yeah, that'll yes. be good for him. I was in that in high school, by the way. So was I, and I was I was uh, in Detroit in high school. So. Oh wow, that is a great, good old reliable name. That's right. That is a great musical. I've it directed is. it twice. It's just fun, and people go like, "Oh, guys and dolls." It's just fun. It's retro. It's. It, it was it, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, Marlon Brando. 
you know so so it'll just be but it's a good opener because it's very nostalgic and apparently they have also in with the new stage they have increased the air circulation yeah, but they took the tree out. that's because they took the tree out well they had to did you they know, yeah. no they didn't no, if you read about it and everything and the construction, but it's really quite the effort, so it'll be good. And then uh, we do have some, a uh, lot of local people are going to be in this year's Muni. You wouldn't know them by name unless you went to a lot of theater. Unless you like, uh, watch The Voice. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Kennedy, Kennedy Holmes, Holmes is going to be in Footloose. Footloose. And she was on stage Last Monday, singing Gloria. Gloria in the. She sounded exactly like Laura Branigan. She wow. sounded fabulous, and I keep saying this, but she should have won the voice. But uh, she was little Inez in Hairspray at the Muni. She wasn't even a Muni teen when she tried out for the voice. She was a Muni kid still because she was thirteen. Wow. So now she gets to be, uh, a, a, I guess, a Muni teen. Does she? Yeah. I doesn't, don't, she doesn't get a lead. No, she's going to be in, I don't know what character she is. Do the Muni she kids and the Muni teens, do they get paid? Uh, Are they, or is that part of equity? Okay, so it's part of a summer program. That's what it is. It's for school and uh, exposure. New this year, I will say, is the, because PNC has a Arts Alive program, mm-hmm. the Muni is making more student tickets available to young folk. Good. Yeah. So you can go to the Muni website. So you can go and, so, and make sure you bring binoculars. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet You're they're be not back closed. There. Well, they want to fill spoiled. out those back seats. We've been spoiled. I've been. This will be my eleventh year reviewing the Muni. So, but I I went to the Muni when I was like in fifth grade with my, my grandmother on grandmother the bus. Grandmother took us on the bus. We took the Southampton bus because it went right in front of her house. We took Mackland all the way down. I don't even remember how we got home though. Because I'm sure we were not taking the bus at 11 o'clock at night. They did have Muni Express because in Illinois we would take the Muni Express sometimes. Because when I saw Sonny and Cher at the Muni back when they would have concerts once in a while. um, They had concerts up until the 90s, I want to say. Yeah, I was pregnant with Tim when they had Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And they had also Sting. It was called Starfest. I I saw Don Henley there on the end of the Innocence tour. And I saw Bob Dylan there in 88 or 1990, and I didn't know he was singing like a Rolling Stone until it was almost over. Oh, my God. I got maybe the topper on this. The uh, summer break, I think after second grade, we took the trip up to the Muni to see it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman. Oh, my God. You're one the of the musical. few people that have seen that. Yes, yes. And it was it had Bob Holiday came right from Broadway, and then he just closed on Broadway, and he did the tour of it. He was uh, Clark Kent slash Superman. How'd they have him fly? Uh, they had, of wires? course, hooked up to wires. And uh, I remember, I think it was the start of the second act, they had a gigantic, I guess it was more like a, a Sunday comic strip page oh. on the stage with characters at each of the panels singing little songs about Superman. Nice. And I didn't realize at the time, of course, I still have the program book. I went back and the uh, the villain, the main villain in it is a scientist called Dr. Abner Sedgwick. And in the Turing Company that was in St. Louis, it was Charles Nelson Riley playing Wow. Oh, wow. Well, he he had some good star, uh, sidekick he was at the, moments. He was, he was at the Muni a lot, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. I think he was Bud, well, he won the Tony as Bud Frump in How to Succeed in 
business without really trying. The Muni back in the day when I was a, a, a youngster, preteen, early teen, they would bring in Broadway shows. They would close down Broadway for a week and bring it to yeah, the Muni. Like Dolly, yeah. And and I saw Jerry Orbach in Promises, Promises. This is back, this is when things were a lot different. I took my babysitting money and sent it in an envelope to the Muni and got tickets for my mom and my grandma and I to see Burt Backrack, who brought out the Carpenters Ooh. as an act. Did they sing Superstar? Uh, no, that was the, this was when Close to You was just about to drop. Oh. And he goes, this is my, you know, th- these kids are going to be. Well, on the first this- album, they do a whole uh, Backrack. Medley, yeah, yeah, and he goes, and they they came out, and nobody knew who they were, and they were fabulous. And then she's gonna play drums, and he's gonna play the piano, and uh, uh, and not know, eat anything. And, and they, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But um, that was when like Lauren McCall, and uh, when when the Fosse Verdon uh, FX miniseries was on the we were everybody's trying to figure out if Gwen Verdon ever played at the Muni and and stuff. But Joel Gray came and did Cabaret, yes. I didn't at, know at that. The, at the Muni. Didn't so, Bob Hope come to the Muni too? In Roberta, I believe, yes. And um, he was the first, the first VP fair. He was the first act. act, and it got rained out. Yeah, Maroon 5 owes us a free concert, by the way, because they got rained out at Fair St. Louis a couple years ago, and they never made it up. Now they're trying to, um, Elton John, speaking of Elton John, he was I there. saw Elton John there. It was like 82, 83, oh, right when Rocket Man's ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, oh my God, the, the this year, because of the flooding, mm-hmm. they have to make a decision about Oh, whether they're going to do it or not. Yeah. We have a month. Yeah, whether they're going to move it to Forest Park. I'm sure again because all the people living around Forest Park love that. Oh, Man. what? Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, now we'll talk about the DVD releases quickly. I have to yes, go to the stadium. And yeah. Um, so uh, next week we have a plethora of opening movies. So mm-hmm. this week will be short. Uh, Gloria Bell. Didn't mm-hmm. see it. I Suck. know you all hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's not good. It's so slow. It's the minutia of everyday life. By the end, none of these people are likable, and it's the first time we heard Gloria since 1982. Speak for yourself. Yeah, and then you... All those shirts are for me. I know. But John John Turturro's character in that is just so worthless. I mean, oh gosh. It's so pathetic. It's so pathetic. You cannot believe this plot. It's based on a foreign film, Gloria, which which is... And it's directed by the same guy. Did you see the original? Yes, okay. which it was better, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but no, this is like totally. Everybody thinks women of a certain age. Oh, this will be good. No, it's no, not. stay away. And then there's a Medea family funeral, and the Tyler Perry movies are never screened for us. No, the last so, one was Alex. Uh, yeah. Was it was it the Cross? Alex Cross? Yes, yeah. and we laughed through most of it. Well, also. Tyler Perry was just here at the Fox. He did oh, yeah. Mer- yeah. Medea's Farewell. And everyone's like, I wonder if Tyler Perry's coming. Yes, Tyler Perry actually was here to do it because he's not going to do them anymore. And so he was here in St. Louis for that run of shows and played Medea. So he was in town for like probably a week. Have you guys heard of this Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I've it's heard that no they were going to do a crossover thing. It's yeah. animated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I'm assuming it's uh, more on the cartoony style. So, 
rather than like a CGI thing. Because so. those Batman cartoons are really good, and Mark Hamill plays the Joker, Joker. and yes. he's fabulous in it. Now, there's an indie movie called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. And, oh, uh, yeah, which the, was a fathom event a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah which, uh, and Adam our, Driver's in it. Our friend and, Paul Harris went to see it, and uh, I recall his uh, column online saying it was one of the worst things he'd ever seen. It was well, just unbelievable. Ever. Yes. Well, that's, that's why time. it's coming out on DVD. So pretty much that's what's happening in our world this week. Let's can you, go blues. Can you name off all of the... Uh, uh, Movies that are coming out next week. Uh, yes, it is a gigantic list. We have nonfiction. I saw that. We it's have very wordy. Late Night with Emma Thompson Which and I have seen. Mindy Kaling. And we have Men in Black International. Yes. I'm going to see that because that's on Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yes, yes. and uh, I plan to be there. And we have Shaft. On Wednesday. We have another, a couple indies, American Woman. Mm-hmm. We have a documentary I'm very excited to see called Echo in the Canyon. It's I, about the music of the Laurel Canyon I era. have the, I have the screener disc at home, so yes. I'm going to tackle that this weekend. I know. I asked for it in disc, too, because yeah. I thought this would be one I want to see over and over yeah. again. Yeah. That's my uh, that's my era. And uh, what else? Uh, okay, so American Woman, nonfiction. <laughs> The Pavarotti's. Oh, next. Pavarotti, okay. which I have seen. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's directed by Ron Howard. Ron Howard directed a documentary. Yeah. He's been doing that now. He did, he did the, the Beatles, Beatles one. one. Yeah, yeah. And he did, uh, well, I guess, Paul. did the thing, one on Deep, Deep Throat, didn't he? Did he? I think he directed that one. And one he also the... did the one, um, He did he direct or produce uh, From the Earth to the Moon? Or did he direct a specific episodes of that with Tom Hanks? He might have with Tom yeah, Hanks produced yeah. a Playtone. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, um, but to there's look up and see if it's that, that that if he did that deep throat film. Though. There's like eight movies next week, and yeah, a couple of them it's were summer. Yeah. A couple of well, this well, week, yeah, yeah. Well, this this weekend, there's not a whole lot, and then all, all of a sudden they just shove everything beyond the 14th. Because a couple movies are opening in L.A. and New York, uh, June 7th, but well, they're not coming to us. Nonfiction the was supposed to be out this week but it isn't they moved does, it i don't does, know who, is, is there anyone of note starring in non fiction i think you said yeah not. uh julia pinoche okay okay and, right. and it is in french all right all right yeah yeah and but, uh, sienna but, what's her name sienna miller yeah, yeah she's is, in, a, is, is in, a american woman an american woman yeah, i she's have not promoting that I and have. i think late night actually opens tomorrow in, in new york and la so and that's yeah. uh tina fey and no, mindy kaling oh mindy kaling and emma thompson, emma thompson sorry but yeah. we always think of Tina Fey in comedy and comedy writing. Late night, yes. <laughs> late night. But, uh, so, but I, t- I tell you, for a for a, a late night, you know, sort of obsessive fan and all mm-hmm. that, you know, you just watch, you know, this. this is new it very? Film, is know, it Larry Sanders ish? Very much so, but you're, it's you know, it. Uh, 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 it's a, it's a talk show host we some of us miss very much is pretty much this uh, this acerbic English woman, okay. but uh, but in drag, so very much. So. All right, awesome. Well, Jim, thanks for coming in. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to, oh. uh, for, to have you talk movies with us. Let's tell who we where, are. Where where can we find you? Uh, you can catch my reviews on wearemoviegeeks.com. And my name is Carl the Intern Middleman. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. And you can hear me every Saturday night with Max Foise on at Max on Movies on KTRS, the big 550. 
and I'm Lynn Van House, and I can be read in the New York, the New York Times. Yeah. <laughs> wow, good for you. The, the, no, Congratulations. no, 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 no. You the shot. Alliance of National Women. We're now starting a rating system, so oh, you good. can see me there. But uh, I'm in the Times Newspapers dot com, which is Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and the West End Word, and we're also online too. I'll check out Real World. And then R E E W. Yes. And then I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Jay and Ray. So usually in the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, with it being hockey, I'm pretty sure it'll be after the hockey game tonight. Mm. And uh, the games are not on KTRS, though. Yes. And then you can see all of us, read all of us on the St. Louis Film Critics website. Yes. And uh, yeah. So thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Let's go, Blues. See ya.